Okay, so that completes 20 minutes of meditation. I would encourage you to keep your eyes closed and join me in the third step prayer. We're going to do it as a guided prayer, uh, one breath at a time, one line at a time, with a few breaths in between each line to actually do what it's asking us to do or not do what it's asking us to not do. So, for me, the first line of the prayer is the word God. I breathe in the word God. And I take a few breaths, and I think that the prayer is asking me to call to this thing we call God or higher power, to try to make a connection with it, like I would connect with a friend. So I take a few breaths, and I continue calling to this thing we call God. And when I'm ready, I breathe out. I offer myself to thee. Again, I take a few breaths. And I take a look at my commitment to that prayer, to that statement. Do I really offer myself to my higher power right here, right now? And I breathe in the next line of the prayer. To build with me and to do with me as thou wilt. Again, I take a few breaths. And I try to see if there isn't a feeling or a sensation or a knowing internally of what my higher power might want to build with me or do with me today, now. I breathe out, <clears throat> relieve me of the bondage of self. And I take a few breaths and I try to see what it might sound like or feel like or be like if I had no bondage of self, no old ideas, no opinions, no story, just a quiet, open mind right here, right now. And I breathe in, that I may better do thy will. Again, I take a few breaths. And I just contemplate, how much better could I do God's will if I had a quiet, open mind?
and I breathe out. Take away my difficulties. And I take a few breaths and I look over my day today so far and I try to see what have been my difficulties. What has gotten in the way of me being the person that I think my higher power would have had me been. And I breathe in that victories over them may bear witness to those I would help of thy power, thy love, and thy way of life. And I take a few breaths and I think about the rest of my day to day. And I think about the people I might come in contact with. And I think about how I might affect them if I truly was an example of God's power and God's love and God's way of life. And I breathe out the last line of the prayer. May I do thy will Always. And I allow myself to smile. And I take a few breaths and I picture myself right here, right now, doing God's will. Always. Okay, whenever you're ready, gently open your eyes. Allow yourself to take another few breaths and just become conscious that when you opened your eyes, seeing started happening. Try not to get caught up in what you're seeing which is what we usually do and start telling ourselves stories about things. Just try to become aware that seeing is happening. Become conscious. Okay. So I'm Randy and I am alcoholic. What that means for me is that my body is allergic to alcohol. I can never, ever drink alcohol successfully ever again, one day at a time. Uh, not because alcohol is good or bad, but because my body is allergic to it. That's it. It's over. The reason my body's allergic to alcohol is because I drank it so much that I became allergic to it. And the reason I drank it so much is because I have a disease. I have a disease that centers in my mind and it talks to me in my own voice and they call the disease alcoholism. <clears throat> and I thought if I got rid of the alcohol, 
that the ism would go with it. But that's not the way it works. Alcohol was not the reason I have alcoholism. I don't know where I got it, and I don't know why I have it, but alcohol is the thing that I used my whole life to treat the disease of alcoholism. And the way that alcohol treated my alcoholism is that it quieted my mind. It quieted my mind about walking into a party. It quieted my mind about what a terrible dancer I was and allowed me to just dance and have fun. It quieted my mind about who was the funniest guy in the room and it allowed me to just be funny, so I think. It quieted my mind and made it possible for me to concentrate in a, a, a employment interview situation and not be completely filled with fear and self-loathing and self-talking mind. So alcohol did all these amazing things for me, which really it did one amazing thing for me. It quieted my mind. It allowed me to live in the moment that I was in as it was happening without all the fear, without all the self-talk, without all the negativity, without all the, all the fault finding. It allowed me to slow down and not be in a hurry to get somewhere else. It allowed me to do things and not get as frustrated as fast. And it allowed me to tolerate you better, whoever you were. That's what alcohol did for me. And now I used it so much because it worked so great that now I am allergic to alcohol. I can never, ever drink alcohol successfully again. And that sucks because it was a great medicine. But that's the way it is. There's, I can't argue with that either. Uh, I'm allergic to wasps. I don't argue with wasps. I don't play with wasps. I try to stay away from wasps because I know if I get stung by a wasp, I'm going to the hospital. I don't drink alcohol anymore because I know that if I drink alcohol, I am going to black out. I'm going to not be able to stop when I want to. I'm going to end up trashing relationships and crashing cars and losing jobs. That's it. That's what happens to me. It ruins my life. It does not make it work anymore. It doesn't even quiet my mind anymore. And so I find myself here in AA. And a lot of the talk here is based on this sentence in how it works. It says, in how it works, it says, remember that we deal with alcohol, cunning, baffling, and powerful. I think it's my opinion. This is my opinion. Um, my opinion is that that needs to be changed. And it needs to say, remember that we deal with alcoholism, cunning, baffling, and powerful. And then maybe people would spend more time looking at what is alcoholism instead of trying to not drink. Because it says, remember that we deal with alcohol. So I think if I'm not dealing with alcohol today, that my disease is treated and that's what I thought for a long time sober in AA. I thought, man, I don't drink and I don't have the craving to drink anymore. I'm, my disease is treated. And then I thought I was just the world's most unlucky person because I kept finding myself in relationships with women that I thought I wanted to be in relationships with. But then when I got into the relationships two weeks in, I didn't want that anymore. But I also didn't have the courage to get out of it. So I just stayed in it and complained about it for years. And I found myself in jobs that when I got the job, I was so happy to have gotten that job. 
And two weeks in, I don't like that job anymore. I don't want that job. And that was with every job and every relationship and everywhere I lived and every car I owned and everything I had. Once I had it for a little while, I didn't want it anymore. And I thought that I was just the world's most unlucky guy. And I thought that if I just stayed sober longer, that I'd get lucky. And if I want to stay sober, I just got to go to meetings. So you go to meetings, more meetings, and longer sobriety, and a better sponsor. And maybe if I work the steps better, then, then my luck will change. And it's not luck. It's my mind. What's wrong with me is my mind. It's not my luck. There were beautiful women in my life. When I met them, they were beautiful. They were happy. They loved their life. They had jobs they were interested in. Six months with me, I crushed the life out of them. Six months with me, they were finding fault with everything just like me. Six months with me, they hated their job. They hated where they lived. They hated the guy they were dating. <laughs> oh, brother. Uh, so what's wrong with me as an alcohol? What's wrong with me as alcoholism? And I would invite you to take a moment and look at your own alcoholism. See if you don't have a fault-finding, opinionated, unsatisfiable mind that shows up always in a hurry and easily frustrated and can't stand the word no. Take a look at your own life. I've looked at mine. I saw that for my life. And it wasn't until I could see what the alcoholism was that it wasn't alcohol and that the craving to alcohol being removed has nothing to do with treating alcoholism. And my sponsor took me back into the books, into the steps, into this thing as a way of life, right? In the, in the forward to the 12 and 12, hidden in the forward. AA's 12 steps are a group of principles, spiritual in their nature, which if practiced, it doesn't say this, but I always add it, which if practiced right now as a way of life, can expel my obsession to drink and enable me, me, unsatisfiable, fault-finding, opinionated, always in a hurry, easily frustrated, can't stand the word no, Randy, enable this guy to be happily and usefully whole. That's all I ever wanted. I just want to be happily and usefully whole in this moment, this one, the one that's happening right now. And that's what's being offered. And, and, and it happens through the application of these principles in my life right now. So the first thing I have to do is see that I have alcoholism. Because there is going to be no surrendering. There's going to be no practicing until I see that I have tried everything on my own power to, have, to be happily and usefully whole. And it's never worked out. And that there's something wrong with me and that I'm going to need some help. And I walk into the first step and I start admitting right now, right now, I'm start admitting that on my own power, with my mind, I am the wrong power for my life, that I cannot make myself happily and usefully whole. I'm a complete defeat at being happily and usefully whole in this moment on my own power, because my mind is predispositioned to be unsatisfied. 
So how am I going to be happily and usefully whole when nothing satisfies me? Even the thing that my mind tells me is exactly the thing that would make me happy. When I get that thing, I'm not happily and usefully whole. I'm still unsatisfied. I just got the thing that my mind told me would satisfy me. And I'm still not satisfied because the minute I get it, it says, oh, yeah, look over here. You need one of those, too. Mm. You missed it by that much again. But if you get that, then you'll be happily and usefully whole. And I go try and get it. And in my trying to get what I think will make me happily and usefully whole, I generally tend to hurt me and everyone around me. So today I can admit I'm a complete defeat at making myself happily and usefully whole on my power. And that my mind, my thought life, my life is unmanageable by me. The life that's unmanageable is not my outside life. I can tie my shoes. I can make lunch. I can drive my car. I can do all these things. I just can't do them and be happily and usefully whole while I'm doing them because I have alcoholism, not because of anything else. Not because I don't have enough money, not because I need a different girlfriend, not because I need a different job, because I have a disease that will not allow me to be happily and usefully whole in this moment. And when I stand ready to do anything which will lift this merciless obsession, which today is not, I'm not mercilessly obsessed to have alcohol, I'm mercilessly obsessed to be okay, to be happily and usefully whole. On my terms, when I stand ready to do anything which will lift this merciless obsession, then I get to walk into step two. And I have to do anything, anything. For me, step two was a terrible proposition. What I wanted to do in step, what I want step two to say is, uh, I'm going to come to believe that I can make myself happily and usefully whole by reading the right book or finding the right sponsor or going to the right retreat or learning the right way to pray. That's what I think, that's what I want step two to say. And what it says is, I'm going to come to believe that a power greater than myself could restore me to sanity. Not me. It's not in the next book. It's not in the next retreat. It's not in the next job. It's not in the next girlfriend. The thing that's going to restore me to sanity is a relationship with a power greater than myself, period. End of story. I am the wrong power to do it. I'm never going to figure it out. I'm never going to be happily and usefully whole on my own power. But God could and would if it were sought. And I'm like, damn, I don't want to do that. I do not want to do that. I do not want to do that. Every natural instinct in me cries out against the idea of personal powerlessness. Everything. Everything says, hell no. Hell no. No. No, I will do anything but that. And then it says that my admission of personal powerlessness turns out to be the firm bedrock upon which my happily and purposefully whole life can be built. So I've spent all this energy and all this time chasing therapy and books and 
school and work and women and cars and houses and every damn thing on the planet, I will spend endless amounts of energy chasing what I think will make me happy. But I will not admit complete defeat. I will not. I will not surrender to the idea that God could and would if it were sought. And that's okay. God doesn't care not one bit. Doesn't care one bit if I do it or not. I don't think. I don't know. I think God loves me so much it gave me free will to let me go do whatever I want. But I do know that when I rightly relate myself to my higher power, when I align my what I think my will is with what I think God's will is, when I align those two things, I have some happily and usefully whole days. I had one yesterday. I had an amazing, happily and usefully whole day, all day yesterday. And and nothing special happened. It was just a beautiful day. I just enjoyed driving to my office meeting. And I enjoyed the office meeting. And I wasn't finding fault with everybody and everything. And I enjoyed going to my leads. And I just went to my leads and I did my job. And then I enjoyed the drive home at 9.30 at night. I left my house yesterday at 9 o'clock in the morning, and I got home at 10 o'clock last night. And it was all work. And I had one of the best days of my life because my mind was quiet and I was happily and usefully whole doing whatever it was I was doing. I drove for one hour from from Manhattan Beach to Long Beach in traffic. It's a 30-minute drive. I sat in traffic for an hour for that drive. I was happily and usefully whole the whole way there. I'm not saying this to brag because I'm not happily and usefully whole every day. I still have alcoholism. I'm 35 years sober. I still have to do what you have to do in order to become happily and usefully whole. I have to rightly relate myself. I have to share my life with my higher power right now as it's happening. God, could you be with me? Could you help me? Could you show me what you want me to see? Could you tell me what you want me to hear? Could you guide me and protect me from my mind? Could you help me to be a good driver when I'm driving? Could you help me to be interested in people, other people? Could you be with me? When I do that, when I share my life with that power, my life becomes happily and usefully whole. But it's not a trick. It's not a trick. It's a surrender. And the surrender comes from the willingness to see that I have alcoholism. To admit that I'm a complete defeat at being happily and usefully whole on my own power. And at turning my attention to a higher power and sharing my life with it and asking it what I can do for it. That's it. That's it. That's all it takes to have a beautiful day. I say it like that's easy to do. (laughs) I can't do it. I can't do it. I can't make myself surrender. I can only become willing. The willingness shows up in the morning when I open my big book and I read page 60 to 63 in the morning. That's where the willingness shows up. The willingness shows up when I make a phone call or two to an alcoholic to see how they're doing. The willingness shows up when I allow... When I ask God to help me let somebody in on the freeway. 
All of those things are, are the willingness, the part that I can do. And in that willingness, the surrender could happen. And this life can open up. So that's a lot out of me. I'm going to stop talking now. We're going to open the meeting up. If you want to ask a question, you can ask a question. If you want to share, you can share. And uh, I record this meeting and we make this all this available on a Spotify account. That being said, if you share it, it gets recorded. Um, if you don't want to be recorded, you can ask me to pause the recording and I'm happy to do it. I don't read the chats during the meeting. So if you want my attention, you got to raise your hand. I can't. It's too distracting to read chats and try to listen. What's going to happen now is I'm going to ask my higher power while you're talking. I'm going to ask my higher power to help me hear what you're saying. Because if I don't do that, my disease will distract me with maybe even something that you said, like you say the word car, and my disease says, oh yeah, car, we need one of those. Oh yeah, let's go. And we go to the Porsche dealer and we start buying cars. I don't own a Porsche, but that's where I go to buy a car in my mind. And I leave the meeting and I don't hear another word you say. And I came here today. I took an hour and a half out of my day to be here. And now opening the meeting up to hear sharing, why wouldn't I listen? Why wouldn't I ask my, my higher power to help me be present? Because this is where I'm at. This is what it wants me to do. So I'm going to do that while you're sharing. And hopefully you'll do that too when others are sharing. So, Marlon? Hey, Randy. Thank you so much, mate. I can't believe it. Randy, <laughs> the question I wanted to ask you tonight, and I, and I lost my bottle, I, I lost my courage because I, because I can sort of, you know, tie myself up in knots trying to find out what, what means what. And, you know, um, I'm going through a phase now where I'm going through the big book, but I'm just, I'm scared to ask my sponsor even about stuff because I keep getting tied up. Um, and he says it doesn't really matter, you know. It's you just got to sort of. I'm doing the, doing the things I need to be doing, but but mate, I, you know, for seven years I've been into in the fellowship, and no one has ever been able to answer what you answer today. And I can't believe I just can't believe that you've done it. <laughs> it's been on my mind for the last two hours, that, um, and it was about you know the power alcohol, powerful cunning and baffling. Um, yeah, and I just couldn't work it out. Why, why I didn't say alcoholism for years? And everyone I asked, people that had been in for years, and people that they just said, well, maybe it was a mistake. Maybe he meant... And I thought, surely Bill Wilson, you know, everything that went into that book, he wouldn't have made that mistake. But, mate, I, I totally agree. It's, 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 um, you've really helped me today, mate, anyway. And... Um, Randy, thank you. I'm, I'm that same sort of person, mate, that uh, I related to everything you said, whether it was making people ill. And the problem is I laugh at it, but I, I come across as such a nice person that they don't even realise it's happening. You know what I mean? It's, it's, and, and I don't realise I'm doing it. But, you know, whether it be doctors or my mum or my, my ex-wife or girlfriends, made them, made them ill, yeah, unfortunately. And... Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm happy to be here, mate, and, and um, I'm happy to be sober without trying. Yeah. Thank you. Thanks, Marlon. Good to see you. All right. Okay. Ashley. 
I didn't think I was going to be that quick. <laughs> I thought there were going to be a couple of people in front of me. Uh, absolute alcoholic. Randy, it's so oh, good yeah. to see you. It's, it's really, you know, my mind is going to a place where I'm like, why didn't I listen to your message this whole time? For the past two years, I've been listening to you. Why, why didn't I listen to your message last week? Why didn't I hop in? Why, 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 why? I quit my job yesterday abruptly. I, I felt like I did it. I, I felt like it came to me in a meditation. I felt like I, you know, did a two-way prayer on it. Um, I felt like I talked to my sponsor about it. But my mind is so deep in self-obsession. So I'm running rampant on self-obsession in my life today. It's painful. And I'm causing so much unnecessary drama. Uh, all these character defects are coming out of manipulation and greed and, and self-pity and lust and envy and all these things in this workplace environment that I was in that uh, I just, I, I'm not working my program at all. Uh, I'm just completely in self. Uh, and it's, it's, I've never felt like this in my entire life um, because I was drinking because <laughs> I was using the medicine. And then I was so getting my, my getting sober uh, all the mirror, all the pro everything was, has been beautiful, but with sobriety comes my res responsibilities and with responsibilities comes me not taking care of, I just have not been taking care of myself. And, um, and I just wanted to share that. Like, I, I, I don't know what to do. Mm -hmm. I'm, I'm back to the basics. Mm -hmm. I'm going to, I'm calling my sponsor every day, following her direction. Uh, and it all started like two days ago. Mm -hmm. <laughs> But then yesterday, it's like, I quit my job, and then today I woke up just like, why did I do that? What was I thinking? Why didn't I wait a week? Like, why didn't I give him a week's notice? It's Mother's Day, it's coming up, you know? Like, all these things are happening, and I'm like, what was I thinking? Like, why did I just literally write an email to my boss like I quit? Well, it wasn't, like, that simple, but but still, it's just... And then, but if I would have kept the week, it's like... Why did I stay a week? Why am I working these hours for a job that doesn't value me? Why am I doing this? And so it's just like the fault finding unsatisfiable mind. It's like everything that I do. It's like, it's like I'm almost addicted to circumstances. I'm like addicted to this chaos. Like subconsciously, it's like, I, that's just what I'm thriving off of. Is this, is this madness in my mind? It's I'm feeding my ism. I'm feeding my alcoholism. It's like, give me more. Let's just keep you suffering, suffering. Um, so I'm, I'm here today, and of course, it's so grateful to hear you share. Mm -hmm. Always, it's grateful to hear you share. Mm -hmm. And uh, I just, you know, and one last thing I'll say, my mind's like, maybe I should let my boss know. Like, I can come in on Sunday if you need me to. Like, I'm literally playing these tapes in my head. Like, and it's it's wild. It's wild. It's unfortunate. It's suffering. And I want it to stop. <laughs> so... I'm here right now in this moment and I will pick up the phone after I get off this call. I'm also sick too. It's just like the whole world is just, you know, me, 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 me right now. So I got to get out of self and I appreciate you, Randy. Thank you for letting me share. Thanks, Ashley. What, what you said is what I say about alcoholism. Exactly. My mind will not shut up about I have to quit this job. In this, in the, in my own voice, telling me I have to quit this job. It's obsessed with quitting the job. It has all the reasons why I should quit the job. Then I send the email. I quit. And the minute I press send on that email, that same mind in the same exact voice that told me to quit says, why'd you do that? 
You're an idiot. You need that job. The same mind, that's alcoholism. And so, so here's the thing. You, you can't use that same mind to figure out if you should go back again. That would be insane. So it doesn't matter what I've done up until this moment right now. This is the only moment that I could start to have a relationship with a higher power. This is the only moment, this one that's happening right now, this is the only moment that I need to have a relationship with a higher power. Always, right now. You don't need to do this later. You don't need to figure out what you're going to do on Sunday. But I, but I need to stop talking to self and I have to turn to God and say, God, look at me. Look at me. I'm up to my old tricks again. Could you help me? Could you just help me to be present right here, right now? Could you show me what you'd have me do right now in this moment? And, and I'm never allowed to beat myself up for bad decisions that alcoholism made ever. Because that self-talking mind that's beating me up about quitting the job is the same, it's the same disease. And it's just trying to keep me from being present now. So thank God. Thank you, God, for all the, all the decisions I've made up until right now, good or bad. I'm now willing that you should have all of me now. That's what the prayer says. I am now willing right now that you should have all of me, good and bad. And then it starts from here. I cannot talk myself out of the bad decisions I made. That is insane. So thank you for sharing that because that is exactly what I talk about all the time. The same mind tells me to quit. The same mind tells me I'm an idiot for quitting. The same damn mind. All right. Wait, where'd you go? <clears throat> uh, Rick, where'd you go? All right. Loya? Luya? Hi. Did you want to call on Rick? No, Rick no. Is you're good. You're good. We'll get okay. back to Rick. He was... <laughs> Loya, um, and I am an alcoholic, and oh my God, I really appreciated your share. It's inspiring because I've gone through all of that in my seven years of recovery to come to a place of like ultimate freedom it feels like um but it just reminds me on page like you were talking about your morning pages and on page 87 this is what it reminded me of it said um being still inexperienced and having just made conscious contact with god it is not probable that we are going to be inspired at all times we might pay for this presumption and all sorts of absurd actions and ideas Nevertheless, we find that our thinking will, as time passes, be more and more on the plane of inspiration. We come to rely upon it. And, um, and that assumption that like, um, in the sixth step in the 12 and 12, it talks about why is it that I have a perfect release from alcohol and uh, the desire to drink alcohol and the obsession with alcohol? Why then does this not work on every other defective character? And then it says, this question is the riddle. And we don't have an answer, but we have a kind of a part of an answer. And I love that it says that because it's like, oh, well, shit, I, I really was stuck in this idea of what sobriety should look like. And, and really, it's that idea of perfectionism. Like, 
I know I'm defective. Like when I stepped in the rooms, I knew I had some problems and it wasn't just alcohol. It was like, how do I deal with myself absent alcohol or drugs? And, um, and getting to this, like doing the step work over and over and over and almost punishing myself with program and with all of the service and all this stuff and wondering why am I still doing these absurd actions and have these absurd ideas? Um, and it's called humanness. And you said it perfectly with humility. I think it's that six, seventh transition, why it's so short in our book, but really that's like the lifelong um, process. The cool thing that it says in the sixth step in the 12 and 12 is that it says what the program is offering is not complete elimination of all my defects of character. What is it? What it's the, pro- <laughs> the promise in there, it says, I am going to get to be content with gradual improvement. And that is the part of my alcoholism, which I think you expressed so beautifully, was that getting to a place of being content with gradual improvement. Um, I can only, it says like, I will only shine a light when those, when shit hits the fan. I kind of revel in all my defects of character. I kind of like them and, and I'm not going to do much about them until they really become a problem. Um, and, and that is part of my alcoholism. And I just love it because it's just like, um, in the traditions and I'm really a big traditions person because I think all of those principal actions are really the, answers to all the defects of character. When I practice the traditions, my defects of character start to go away. Um, and, and it's like, um, this traditions, um, based on relationship study that Polly P does with her husband, um, Dave, like that blew my mind. And I do that every year just to reaffirm like all of the practice of the principles of the program. It's not enough for me to just have sat in the step work going, Loya, you're not doing it right. But really, like, embracing those principles and now acting upon them and having a basis for living, like, I tell you, my life has just flipped upside down. I can have relations. Um, that is what the spiritual program, right, what my friend calls it, um, our spiritual playground is AA, right? We're just all running amok with our defects of character, trying to learn how to play well with others. And um, and I'm just glad that um, we have a tradition that says no one can kick me out but me. Um, because if you could kick me out, holy moly, um, it was probably early on because I thought I was one of those mental defects that would never get it. So <laughs> thank you so much for expressing that. Like, it, I'm glad I just stayed long enough for um, to become human and yeah. to just really, really love myself. Thanks. Thanks, Loya. That's beautiful. Rick. Whoops. Can you unmute yourself? Here, we'll give you another try. Try now. There you go. Hey. Whoop, you muted yourself again. Do it again. Oh, we lost Rick. Okay. DJ, you're up. We'll get to Rick eventually. Okay. Uh, Hi, everyone. I'm DJ. With alcoholism and the spiritual seeker as well. Hi, DJ. It's great to be here. Thank you so much, Randy. I always, um, you know, I come here because of you, basically, and it's always, uh, it's like a privilege and an honor, and, and I get so much from your shares. I um, you know, I did share what I'm about to say um, in one other meeting, and I just 
guess I have the need to do it again. Uh, I, um, I got a, a text message from a friend or someone who I thought was a friend in the program in prime time. <clears throat> and, uh, this, um, text that he sent me was really nasty mm. and mean. Mm. It was actually vicious. Mm. And, uh, I was just astounded. Mm. I couldn't believe it. Mm. And, uh, but because I've learned how to pause, I didn't get back to him for a couple of days. Mm. This just happened this past week. Mm. And, uh, and then I went back and I did the Al-Anon thing and I started every sentence with I felt hurt. I, you know, I never said you did this to me. And, uh, and he, you know, I just told him how it was hurtful what he said to me. And, uh, this is someone I had such respect for. And, uh, and then he wrote me back again and was just as vicious mm. and mean. Mm. And, uh, anyway, uh, I, um, I talked to a good friend of mine in prime time and, uh, we were both on the same page about this person mm. that this is very sad. Um, he is, um, okay. Let's not talk not, about, let's not talk about others. Tell us about you. Tell us about you. Okay. Well, what are you doing today? I, I hear you, but this is not a place to air out other people's bad behavior. We're an Alcoholics Anonymous. Just to remind you, we are members of Alcoholics Anonymous. There are grave, there are some of us, some of us, including me, have grave emotional and mental disorders. So it is not surprising to me that people would send e texts within the program and be crazy. We're, we're a bunch of crazy people that get together and sometimes have meetings. Uh, it's amazing that any of us ever get along. If we were still drinking, None of us would be talking. So, so I'm sorry that you had that experience. I've had it too. And then the guy texted me the next day and said, oh, I was drinking. I'm like, oh, fantastic. So this is about where you're at and your disease and your alcoholism. Not, we're not finding fault with other people in any part of any program. Okay? Okay. So I'll just finish with this. Um, what I've learned here is um, how to see this person as uh, someone who is very sick mm -hmm. and hopefully will reach out for help. And, uh, you know, I'm praying for him nice. because I've learned how to do that here too. Mm -hmm. I never prayed for anyone before. Mm -hmm. Why would I do that? Mm -hmm. Pray for me, mother effer. Mm -hmm. <laughs> anyway, mm -hmm. um, thank you for interrupting me. Thanks. It was a good thing. Thanks, I really AJ. appreciate that too. Yeah. Um, I am here for me and not for somebody else. And, uh, and it makes me feel good that I'm learning how to apply the principles here mm -hmm. and not go crazy with the uh, stuff like that. Yes. And, uh, you know, like just sick man's prayer and uh which has helped me enormously mm -hmm. and uh 
And I am. I am praying for him every day, awesome. hoping that, you know, he, uh, he makes it back, in a sense. So thanks awesome. for letting me share. Thanks, DJ. And thank you so much for what? the meeting. It's always so great to be here. Thanks, DJ. Zoom user. <laughs> <laughs> Hello? Hi. Hi. I my thing oh, it's years. Melody. Hi, Melody. I, know, I had no idea that um, it didn't have my name on it. Uh, I think <laughs> I did an update. Anyway, hi, I'm Melody. I'm an alcoholic. Great hi, meeting today, a.k.a. Zoom user. <laughs> I, um, you know, what I love about uh, Step 6, well, I adored everything you said. I always get so much when you just, you know, kind of... Plump, plump it together in a way that's super palatable that I can just understand, uh, even though I've heard it before. And, and that happened yesterday through a, um, a podcast I was listening to as well, which is crazy because I hear and I know this stuff, but I digest at a different level every time. Mm -hmm. So the, the idea in step six about perfection, uh, I love that it also says the only thing that we can do perfectly is step one. And that's the first part of step one, that if I don't pick up alcohol, then, then I don't, I don't develop that phenomena of craving that leads me to that insane urge of a continuous need to drink and that the insanity is in my mind that will drive me back to drinking no matter what it is, because like you so awesomely put, I pick up other things now because I'm not drinking. Now I pick up food, I pick up control, people, things, you know, whatever, you know, I pick up whatever I want to obsess on to keep me out of, to keep me out of the moment. And, um, it was just, just really just yesterday, and I know I've heard this before because it wasn't the first time I heard it, about the steps being a ladder on a rung and that everything drives back to to complete defeat. And what I'm defeated over is what my mind is thinking in that moment. So if I am in the part that needs to be restored to sanity, the insanity is in step one. Now, I know I've heard that before, but yesterday it sounded like a whole new idea. It's like, oh, my God, really? And um, and I just love that, you know, that I always have to start at the beginning to get to six. It, I can't just be in six without having all the steps before it or all the rungs in the ladder. Otherwise, I fall, right? I can't just step on the, the ground and then hop up to the sixth step on a ladder. Um, you know, I'm not that coordinated nor do I have that kind of jumping skill. You know, it's just the idea of, of spiritual improvement and staying in the moment. I love that. I love that I get a chance every moment and every day over and over again, that I can continue and I can do it wrong. And that's no big deal because I always have 
the first, second, and third step to go back to so I can get to where I'm going. And no one judges me. I judge me. That's the insanity. If I live in that judgment, I'm going to drink, use, shop, whatever it is I'm going to do. I'm going to do it again because I need something to get me out of my mind. Uh, so I love the spiritual aspect. I love this meeting. Thank you for letting me share. You guys have a beautiful day. Thanks, Melanie. Great to see you. Rick? I promise I'm not a Luddite. I promise. I have a crack screen technology. Thank you so much. I'm an alcoholic. Uh, Rick L. Feel good junkie, narcissist, all that stuff. Oh, I got it all. Yuck. <laughs> so I always love the Randy when you start out with the talk. Time away from the bottle is heinous without the program. It just, it can be so painful. Oh, it is so painful. Mm -hmm. um, and it's on uh, when I don't watch. And it's on when I just, if I just pick up my guard for a second, it's back. So uh, I'm always busy with the mind that does find fault. And uh, it just doesn't really matter anymore why. It just is. Uh, but that's one of the, one of my, portions of my diseases I have, I don't like what is. I, for some reason, I just don't like what is. <laughs> so picture this. I'm the guy who in 2016 brought to the city of Pasadena the proposal to ban the leaf blowers. And um, they have now been banned, reduced to electric. And I've still got neighbors using them. Now, is there a worse qualified person to go out there and say, hey, guys, these have been banned last month? <laughs> or is there a best qualified? If I'm with what it says, I don't need to guess anymore. The answers are all there. Love and tolerance is my code, my God. Um, yeah, I'm supposed to be a good human no matter what. <laughs> It makes sense. It may be a little selfish there. I mean, I go off on the program like other people do, and I read books from other folks, and some things say that I forgive for my peace of mind. I forgive others so that I can enjoy my life. <laughs> and that may be a little selfish, but anyway, so much to learn, so much I heard, um, so much more growth to happen. Wow. Um, and thank God, uh, one of our grades said, you know, it's, it's, it's an infinitum. How close can you get to God? Uh, Ted, how, how better can you get? You know, and, uh, I just used a phrase that your old sponsor, Ted B, bless him, said that the uh, peace of the world where nothing has to change. And, um, by gosh, I just sent that text to my neighbor. Anyway, thank you all so much, because without you, I wouldn't have got it, and I'd be dead. Thanks. Thanks, Rick. <laughs> Great to see you. All right. Um, what do we got? We got four minutes. We got time for a three-minute share. Anybody? Okay. All right. 
Okay, we could breathe silently for three minutes. That would be awesome. Paul? times have I heard that and not really thought about what the words mean I mean I thought I knew what sought was and I started thinking today that the way you said it, it it didn't make sense like God's always here so why do I have to seek God I mean where, where does this sorting take place and what it what it is is it fits right in with what you were saying is that the mind that's trying to solve the problem. The seeking is anything out is outside of that mind. That's why it needs to be sought because it's not in the alcoholism. It's not in the mind that's you know trying to fix things. The, so the seeking has to be. It seems to me outside of this maelstrom that I live in that I think is called decision making or whatever it is, and just fall still and. Uh, and the, other, the, the first thing that actually hit me when you said it is that it's, it's a moment-to-moment -moment seeking, sorting, as you would say. It's not like I saw it two years ago when I did whatever step, and now I've got, I found it, and now it works forever. It's turning. The turning, is this, I think, is this sorting, moment-to-moment. Um, -moment. So it'd be different. That's why I keep coming back for some have to hear it a thousand million times. Thank you. Thanks, Paul. Yeah, this, I mean, uh, the purpose of this meeting is to practice. We practice meditation. We practice prayer. I practice asking God to help me hear what's being said when you're sharing. And it's a continu this is a continuous practice. This is not a meeting to come and listen to stuff. It's not a listening meeting. <laughs> it's a practicing meeting. And even in the listening, listening is a practice. It's not listening to hear something so that I could use it later. The using it, the everything that I need from the listening is happening in the moment that the listening is happening. I'll say it this way. Whatever you heard here today, you do not need to remember what was said. You do not need to have notes because you're not going to have those notes or the memory when it's necessary. The only thing to remember from this meeting is that God could and would if it were sought. That's it. That's it. You have, you have, and I have direct access to all knowledge and all power in this moment, right now, every moment. You're not going to remember something you read in a book in the moment that you need it. It's going to be downloaded to you through your higher power. That's what this whole program is about. So, Let's start sodding right now and keep sodding and enjoy your day. And I'm so grateful that you came today. I may not have meditated without you and I needed that meditation. And uh, I appreciate you more than you'll ever know. And I can't wait to see you on Saturday. So we'll take a moment and we'll do the serenity prayer. I'm going to put my email address in the chat. If you want to, um, if you need a court card, you can email me. And we'll do the serenity prayer. I'll, I'll make it so you can unmute yourself after a moment of silence.
Okay, so if you'd like to unmute yourself, you can unmute yourself now. And I think you can, right? Okay, God. Grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change, the courage to change the things I can, and the wisdom to know the difference. Thank you. Yay. Thank you, Randy. Thank you. Thanks. Great Thanks. to see you all. Happy Wednesday, everybody. Thank you, Randy. Beautiful. Put <laughs> me to sleep, Randy. Thank you, guys. Thank you, I'll Randy. put you to sleep. Hey, Loya. Bye.